Extra time. Immaculate grid. Grid 129 for Wednesday, August 9th. This is the bonus show of Generations talking about my sports generations. It's Jonathan. Welcome, everybody. Today's grid, always super exciting whenever you see the San Francisco Giants. We are shamelessly Giants fans, of course. So let's just jump right in. We've got a lot of stuff here for you today, so we want to just make this happen. But let's just look at today's grid. If we look at the columns from left to right, we have the Pittsburgh Pirates in the left-hand side. In the middle, we have the San Francisco Giants, and we've got some new Giants that we've put in there for you today. So excited. Then on the far right-hand column, we have Rookie of the Year. Then for your rows from top to bottom, we have the New York Yankees. We have the Minnesota Twins in the middle and then gold glovers on the bottom. So let's just go ahead and dive in. Let's go from left to right and then top to bottom because we've got a lot of stuff. So we're going to do what we've done over the last few days, kind of just attack the grid in order. Normally we kind of start at that career side, but we got a lot of notes. So for the Pirates and Yankee, the Candyman, John Candelaria, there was a point in time in that late 70s where he might have been top two or three pitchers in the National League. Led the league in ERA once. The Candyman, John Candelaria, that guy was, that guy was pretty special. But we went with him, 0.5% for the Pirates and the Yankee. Then this was my guy. You know, he's one of my guys before Will. And after Jack Clark, but for San Francisco and New York in the top middle at 0.9%, Mr. Charles Chili Davis. So Chili was an outfielder for the Giants, played center, played some left. And he was a very skilled outfielder, but, you know, he could throw, he could move, he could run, he could catch. But, man, he made a lot of careless errors. He originally was a catcher, and they moved him to the outfield, you know, in the major leagues. Switch hitter. So at one point in time, he had the most career home runs for a switch hitter active. At one point in time. But Chili was just, you know, solid hitter. We would become an angel. And, of course, he would be a Yankee. Win a World Series with the Yankees as a DH. But Chili Davis, you know, loved him. And there used to be these commercials in... Oh, this would be around 86. Yeah, I'm guessing 1986. So in the heyday of Doc Gooden with the Mets, I believe Chili Davis, or at least allegedly, according to the commercials, Chili Davis would brag in these commercials where the Giants are about to play the Mets and the rest of the Giants are like, man, we don't want to, we don't want to face that guy. And then he's like, what are you talking about? I want to face that guy. And Chili Davis, at least apparently at one point in time, had the highest career batting average against Doc Gooden. So, you know, he wanted to see Doc Gooden. That was how the commercials went. So Chili Davis for the Giants and the Yankees in that top middle. And here's where we're going to start uh, laying down some numbers and some information for you. So in that Rookie of the Year column. So the top right, Yankees and Rookie of the Year. So most recently, of course, you had 
Aaron Judge. Judge would break McGuire's rookie home run record of 49 with 52, and that was in 2017. But I went with the captain. I went with Jeter, so he comes in at 44%. Of course, he was rookie of the year in 1996. So surprisingly enough, only nine Yankees rookies of the year. And we gave you some of those numbers of the Rookie of the Year when the award was started. Of course, Jackie Robinson, the very first Rookie of the Year. And originally, it was a major league award before it became National and American League Awards. We've got some information and some, some other stuff on there for Rookie of the Year here. But for the Yankees, the qualifying answers were Jeter in 96. Then you had to go all the way back to 1981 with Dave Rigetti. So Dave Rigetti was a starter and a reliever. He would have a career high, I believe, 46 saves one year with the Yankees, but he threw a no-hitter on 4th of July, and that's a lot of Yankee fans know that. Rigetti famously from California, so he would eventually end his career as a Giant, and he would be the longtime pitching coach. For the Giants, but Dave Rigetti, Rookie of the Year, 1981, no hitter, 1983 on Fourth of July. And then prior to that, you had to go back a little while to Thurman Munson, so catcher, 1970. And now you're going to get into some names that many of you probably don't know, and, and myself not necessarily familiar with. But 68, Stan Bonson, 62, Tom Tresh, 57, Tony Kubek. 54, Bob Grin, and the very first Yankee to win Rookie of the Year, Gil McDougald. So that was the Yankees and Rookie of the Year. But we went with the captain, and he was pretty popular at 44%. So let's jump back down into the next row. So that is the far left-hand column, the first, first column and middle row. That's Twins and Pirates, and we went with Mr. John Smiley, another left-hander, another left-handed pitching Pirate. John Smiley, I believe, won 20 games as a Pirate, and then, you know, he kind of started bouncing around, but he did a he did his rando season with the Twins. Smiley comes in at 1%. I think Smiley also did some time with the Reds as well. So John Smiley, we went there. Then when we move one over to that very middle square, Joe Nathan. Joe Nathan actually was a shortstop for the Giants in their minor league system. And then he would come up as a pitcher, do a little bit of starting pitching, and then he found this great long relief kind of spot starter, do-it-all kind of guy. And at that point in time, the Giants were kind of rich in closers and pitching. So, of course, Rob Nen, uh, Tim Worrell. And it wasn't just – it was at the point in time where the Giants didn't really need a closer, and then the Giants would trade him. And that was the fateful trade for A.J. Pruszynski, who was just a total cancer on the Giants and just did not work out. But the Giants would trade, trade – Joe Nathan, Booth Bosner, 
and Francisco Liriano for AJ Przinsky. Przinsky would last one year. He would hate the city. The team would hate him and they would get rid of him as quickly as they got him. But Joe Nathan, Joe Nathan would finish his career over 300 saves. That's, you know, we're talking about that. We gave those numbers out the other day. But he comes in at 17%. Yeah, Joe Nathan, he had a, you know, he was a big fan favorite for the Giants just for a few years. So now we go to the far right hand side and we have rookie of the year and the twins. And so I went easy, but in, Rod Carew, but I was trying to remember the outfielder that won fairly recently Rookie of the Year for the Twins. And then after I looked it up, it's like, well, it wasn't that recent. It was 1995. And the winner was Marty Cordova. And as soon as I read it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's his name. But then I looked at the year, I go, 95? I could have sworn that was just a few years ago. So that was the last... Rookie of the year for the Twins was actually Marty Cordova, and I was trying to come up with his name. I, I, that's the guy that I was originally thinking of, and then it's like, well, I can't come up with it. Let's go Rod Carew. I know he did that. So Carew comes in at 44%, but you only had one, two, three, four, five, seven choices here for the Twins. So you had Marty Cordova in 95. Chuck Knobloch. So a lot of people think of Chuck Knobloch as you know, the second baseman and would play outfield for the Yankees for those mid-90 teams winning World Series. But he was originally a very good fielding and hitting second baseman for the Twins before he started having the, uh, you know, the the yips at second base. But he won Rookie of the Year in 1991, so a lot of people forget that he was a twin. And then before that, you have to you have to go back a little while. 1979, John Castino, and then 67, Rod Carew, and 64, Tony Oliva. And then prior to that, you could have answered and still got this square correct, but as Washington Senators, and of course the Senators would become the Minnesota Twins, but in 1959, you have Bob Allison, and the first year of rookie excuse me not correct just think of something else sorry 1958 albie pearson i was screwing up this and gold glove it's coming up trust me i know what i'm doing i think but rod crew so you have bobby allison washington centers 1959 albie pearson washington centers 1958. so let's attack that bottom row because this is where we've got most of our notes here for the balance of the show. You have Pirates and Gold Glove. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunities here. It could have gone Bonds, of course. But Jay Bell was another more recent one, I think. Freddie Sanchez may have won one at second base um, when he was still a Pirate before he went to the Giants. But I went Andy Van Slyke. Andy Van Slyke won five straight gold gloves in the outfield for the Pirates. Van Slyke was part of the trade with for Tony Pena that sent catcher Tony Pena to the Cardinals, so went to St. Louis. And Van Slyke was part of that uh, part of that trade, so he was an outfielder for the Cardinals, and he would go over to the Pirates. And Van Slyke would be in the outfield with, you know, Barry Bonds and play with Bobby Bonilla. 
and the pirates in that you know mid 80s were a very were a very solid very stout team but they just couldn't couldn't quite get it over and the giants would go to that pirate well quite a bit right they would get don robinson don robinson in the late 80s would leave the pirates and go over to the giants so he was a you know starting pitcher for the giants the giants would get rick Russell. Rick Russell would be an all-star. He's the guy that gave up the back-to-back home runs to start the all-star game in 89 against, of course, leadoff home run to Bo Jackson. But Russell was a pirate. And the Giants have gone to that pirate well quite a bit over the years. But any events like five straight gold gloves, outfielder, guy was good, left-hander. And here's where we switched it up. So we gave you Chili Davis at the top for Yankees and Giants. And as a note, my buddy Tony went with Xavier Nady. Like, really? You pulled that one out? I mean, I, I remember Xavier Nady, but, man, you're talking about going to the bottom of the barrel there. But gold glove. So when we had all achievements the other day, we used, uh, for Silver Slugger and gold glove, we used Maddie Williams. So for this one, you know, we felt compelled. We went with our, our guy, Robbie Thompson. Robbie Thompson would be a rookie in 1986. He would finish second in Rookie of the Year voting to Todd Worrell. And again, you ask me, Todd Worrell was part of the World Series uh, or went, played in the World Series in 85, which they lost to the Royals, but would come back in 86 and win Rookie of the Year as a closer. Uh, I mentioned Tim Worrell. Yes, Tim and Todd were both brothers or are brothers. But Todd was the uh, more initially the more accomplished. I think at the end of the career, Tim maybe started to match him or do a little bit better as a closer. But Todd Worrell would win that rookie of the year over Robbie Thompson in 1986. But Robbie was there with Will Clark, both rookies, and you know, ending that Giants 1985 lost 100 games. But Robbie won a Silver Slugger and a Gold Glove in '93. So we got to go Robbie here, 0.4%. But there's a lot of lot of guys that we could have gone with. Of course, JT Snow. JT Snow won quite a few gold gloves at first. Will Clark won a gold glove. Barry Bonds, of course. Um, so there's quite a few guys that you could have uh, gone here for the Giants and a gold glove. So let's talk about gold glove for a moment. And we have the last square, which is rookie of the year and gold glove. We're going to talk about that a little bit more detail. But as we've said over the last several days, so now when you look at rookie of the year in New York Yankees, you have to choose a player that won rookie of the year for New York, not somebody who was a rookie of the year and eventually played for New York, you have to pick somebody that actually achieved that career achievement with that team. However, when you go double achievement, and this is in the blog, when you click into the summary and then you click on that square in the actual game, but it will say someone that won rookie of the year and eventually won a gold glove and did not have to be in that same season. So let's just get the square squared away first. And we went Buster. Buster absolutely won Rookie of the Year last Giant to do so. 
and subsequently would win a gold glove in 2016. So he won rookie of the year in 2010 and get his gold glove six years later. So we went buster here at 9%. But we start thinking, okay, gold glove. We talked about Silver Slugger. We gave you that information the other day, relatively new, 1980. We talked about Rookie of the Year, 1947. So Gold Glove established in 1957. It's the first year. Now, in that first year, it was a major league award. So there was only one for each position given out for the entire major leagues. In 1958, they would expand it and so each league would have its own one for each position so nine gold gloves now here's where things are interesting they're voted by managers and coaches originally from 57 to 60 all three outfield positions had a specific award so left field center field right field had a specific award from 1961 to 2010, it was just three outfielders. So it didn't matter what position that they played in the outfield. It was just three outfielders. The debate was, you know, left field is a little bit different than center, which is different than right. So we should be evaluating these guys commensurately, separately. So then it went back to specific outfield in 2011, and it's still that way today. So here's the other interesting things. So in 2020, a team award is now created. So in 2020, we gave a full gold glove to a team. And then most recently, last year, 2022, there's actually a gold glove award for a utility player. So let's go through and, and clean up some of this stuff here just a moment because we got some numbers and some some stats for you so in 1957 we just mentioned it was a major league award so here are your first year recipients so first base you had gil hodges he was the longtime brooklyn dodger second base you had nelly fox now nelly fox at this point was a white Sox, but he originally was a philadelphia a third base frank malzone or Malzoni, Boston Red Sox. Shortstop was Roy McMillan with the Reds. Left field, Minnie Minoso, Chicago White Sox, longtime White Sox. Center field was Willie Mays. So at this point, Willie's rookie year was 1951. So this is six years into Willie's career. And of course, the Giants in 1957 are still in New York. They would not move to San Francisco for another year. Right field, Al Klein, career Detroit Tiger. Catcher, Sherm Lawler, another White Sox. So you had, uh, you know, three, this is three White Sox winning gold gloves that particular year. And then a pitcher, you had Bobby Shantz. He was a New York Yankee at that point in time. So those are your first year recipients, 1957. So only one per position. So we mentioned that these are voted by managers and coaches. So as we start getting further into Major League Baseball history, arguments started to come in that, you know, a lot of these awards, you have people that are voting on different players, but they might only see those players six times a year. One 
away series and one home series, three and three, six. And so in 2013, they implemented basically sabermetrics and using the Society for American Baseball Research defensive metrics from their research. And 25% of the voting is based on that data. And so that was implemented in 2013. And that was part of that backlash. We talked about it on this show a little while ago, but it's well documented where Rafael Palmero played 28 games at first place and paid 120 games at DH and still somehow won a gold glove. So we talked about that ad nauseum. So if you want to find that episode, look for extra time, immaculate grid, and in the description, we have Rafael Palmero. So you'll see that in Palmero. We've talked about him, so you can find that episode and you can you can listen to that. Also, this is a great time to mention, you know, Immaculate Grid, this show launches every evening, nine o'clock PM Pacific time for that day's grid. And then the big show is every Saturday, drops at noon Pacific time. So we've got more on, you know, just how we perceive the game, how we see the game, how the game's changed and analytics. You know, what is analytics doing? So we're talking about that this Friday. We've already got an episode up on that. And then we've got a preview episode, five minutes. You should watch that. It's pretty good. Me trying to explain to Steve, the boomer, you know, what wins above replacement is. So that's pretty funny and it's pretty good. So 1957, first year of the gold glove. 2013 implemented start bringing in some of these sabermetrics to be able to you know have a little bit more data-based information so when we were in between that 1961 to 2010 for the outfield we actually had two instances where there was a tie for third place and so four awards were given for the outfield two different times the first time was 1985 in the AL, and that's Dwayne Murphy. So Dwayne Murphy actually won six gold gloves as an A, six straight gold gloves as an A. Yet Gary Pettis, he was still an angel at that point in time. Dewey Evans, Dwight Evans, right fielder for Boston Red Sox, and then Dave Winfield with the Yankee. So 1985, you had four guys that would win a gold glove because there was a tie for third place and then it happened again in 2007 for the nl and that was andrew jones when he was a brave carlos beltron as a met and then aaron rowand it was his last year with phillies uh, before he become a giant and just not quite i mean he would win a world series with the team in 2010 but at that point he was not a starter uh, by the time the world series came around and Jeff Francoeur. So Francoeur, we talked about him a little bit uh, about a week or so ago. It went Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy would be shipped off and David Justice would take over. And then when Justice kind of was coming the end of his, not the end of his career, but the end of his time with Atlanta, he would be replaced by Jeff Francoeur. Francoeur also, I believe, won Rookie of the Year as well. So that's 2007. There was a four-way tie. Then in 2020, 
when they introduced the team awards in the NL, the Cubs would win the NL team award and then the Clevelands would win the 2020 team award. So that was the shortened season from the pandemic. And then in 2022, the utility player award, the initial award went to DJ LeMahieu with the with the Yankees and Brendan Donovan with St. Louis. So that's some more of those numbers for Gold Glove. So Gold Glove, most ever. So the most ever Gold Gloves is Maddox, Greg Maddox with 18, and he would win 13 straight. The most consecutive Gold Gloves would be 16 in a row, and that would be held by Brooks Robinson, longtime third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles and then Jim Cat, the pitcher. So they both won 16 in a row. And then as far as most career gold gloves by position, you had Pudge Rodriguez with 13. You have Ozzy Smith with 13. You have both Willie Mays and Roberto Clemente with 12. Now bear in mind, Mays played six seasons before gold glove was even was even a thing. And losing actually one of those seasons, six seasons and a season that was lost due to the Korean War. Keith Hernandez at first base, 111. Robbie Alomar, second baseman, holds the record with 10. And then Mike Schmidt and Nolan Arenando both have 10 at third base. So it's very well possible that Arenando will pass Schmidt as far as the all-time gold glove leader at third base. And then, of course, at catcher, you had Johnny Bench with 10. So here's some other gold glove facts. Darren Erstad is the first player to win gold gloves at two different positions. So he would win two gold gloves as an outfielder in 2000 and 2002 with the California, Los Angeles, Anaheim Angels of the Anaheims in 2000 and 2002. And then he would win again as a first baseman in 2004. Then for, I guess the second time that it happened was actually Placido Polanco. So Polanco would win two gold gloves at second base for Detroit Rock City. That was in 2007 and 2009. And then in 2011, he would move over to the Phillies and he would win for third base. So we talked about this square rookie of the year in gold glove. So when you click on the square today, there are 40 players that qualify for this. And we got it with Buster with a 8%, 9%. But the way that I originally understood these squares, if they did it in the same season. So both Rookie of the Year and a Gold Glove. So 40 players actually qualified for this answer. Now, only Mays and Buster did this as that were Giants. So they were the only two Giants who won Rookie of the Year and then subsequently win a Gold Glove. But I looked up, okay, which players actually won a gold glove and rookie of the year in the same season? And so here's that list. You have Tommy Agee, 
1966. You have a gentleman named Ken Hubbs. I didn't even know who he was. He actually only lasted three years in the league, but in 1962 for the Chicago Cubs, he would win Rookie of the Year and Gold Glove. And then here's some names that you then you're going to start to know. 1967, Johnny Bench with the Reds, Rookie of the Year and Gold Glove, same season at catcher. Carlton Fisk, another catcher, 1972 with Boston, would win Rookie of the Year, Gold Glove the same season. 1975, you'd have Fred Lynn. So Fred Lynn not only won Rookie of the Year in the Gold Glove, but as many of you know, we've talked about on this show before, he would also win MVP. So he was the first player to win MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same season. And he also had a gold glove, too. He's also the person that hit the first Grand Slam in an all-star game off of giant, you guess it, Atlee Hammerker in the 83. I always forget if it's 83 or 84 all-star game. Let's go with 83. So Carlton Fist did that. Excuse me, not Carlton Fist. Fred Lynn. Fred Lynn did that. But 1975 MVP, Rookie of the Year, gold glove. But that would happen again. Then in 1990, at Sandy Alomar Jr., another catcher, who won Rookie of the Year and Gold Glove, and he did that with the Clevelands. So, lastly, you've got Ichiro, 2001, and of course Ichiro. We've talked about this before. Just like Freddie Lynn, MVP, Rookie of the Year, and a Gold Glove. Ichiro's age 27 season. So we talked about this before as well. It's like, what would have happened if he would have had another six or seven years in the major leagues? Guy was just incredible. But those are your players that won both Rookie of the Year and Gold Glove in the same season. And also just coincidentally, two players, Lynn and Ichiro, won MVP those years as well. So that is the grid for today. That is the information for Gold Glove and Rookie of the Year. So we're having a blast. Keep up the interaction with the show. We had somebody interact in regards to the show as far as rivalries and talking about uh, making a joke. Robert came in and made a joke regarding, you know, are the Saudis going to buy Alabama? So a little extreme, I think, but I get I get where he's coming from. You know, money seems to be pouring in to try to buy and acquire everything. And it's getting kind of crazy. But we're going to keep up Immaculate Grid for baseball, as we've talked about, at least during the summer. We'll start looking at the other leagues maybe after that. But this is Extra Time, Immaculate Grid, Grid 129, Wednesday, the 9th of August. And listen to that big show, Generations, talking about my sports generations. That's Steve and me on Saturdays, 12 p.m. Pacific. Everyone have a great evening. We'll see you.